Welcome to the Quantum Alignment Q&A, Humboldt series, where we traverse through an array of healing modalities to educate, empower, and excite our listeners on their path of holistic health and wellness. In sharing various practitioners' experiences and insight, we hope to cultivate a deeper relationship between one's true self, the mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional bodies. Join naturopath, transpersonal psychologist, and cannabis therapy consultant, Dr. Pepper Hernandez in the Humboldt Quantum Alignment Series. And now, here is your host, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for taking time to be present with us. I am so very excited to have a special guest here today. Jennifer Wiest has been studying Ayurvedic medicine since 2007. She is the owner and practitioner of Madre Illuminations Healing in Bayside. She's the owner and the product developer of Amarita Botanicals, a local Ayurvedically inspired health and wellness brand. Besides all of these things, she's also a certified aromatherapist who grows her own herbs and distills them in, into hydrosols, which we're going to talk about today. She also is Reiki 2 certified and is a holistic health practitioner. My goodness. Hi, welcome. Hi. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm really excited too. I have been wanting to talk to you about all of these things for so long. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just thrilled that you're, that you're here today to talk with us about these things. I have been lucky enough to come to you to be a part of some of your services. Yes. And then also having you in class and, and getting to know you over the last couple of years has just been a pleasure. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me here today. Absolutely. Let's just jump right in. Let's dive right in. So Jennifer, I'm really curious. You have brought so many things together. How did you begin on this path? That's a great question. Um, It started a long time ago. Well, not that long, but 10 years or so ago. And I graduated college um, with an art degree. Not really sure what I was going to do. I was working in town and uh, I'd been doing lots of yoga So um, I saw an advertisement for an Ayurvedic school in town, and um, all I really knew was Ayurveda was, you know, associated with yoga somehow. So I went to go and check it out, and it was a six-month class. It was just like the basics, kind of like what Ayurveda is, like what the doshas are, um, diet, because that's a really big thing in Ayurveda, and, and I just started learning a lot about myself and what was going on in my life and maybe how to like put the pieces back together. So I continued on with the herbal program, the um, practitioner program, the panchakarma, which is the cleansing and rejuvenative therapies of Ayurveda. 
which then led me to aromatherapy, learning about um, the aromas, the essential oils, and how beneficial they are to people. And then mixing that all together, I did work as a practitioner for a little bit, but then I had my third child, and it was really hard to keep a client flow coming and just being in the office. So that's when I moved on to producing products because it's something I could do easily with um, little bits of time here and didn't have to be in the office all the time. So that kind of stemmed onto my um, Amrita line. Oh, and then the last part of the puzzle was uh, learning Ayurvedic facials a couple right. years ago. It kind of brought in all this, the aromatherapy, the essential oils and the skincare and things I was interested in already um, together. Nice. I've been lucky enough to experience both that and the Shiradara. Yeah, Shiradara. I've been lucky enough to do both of them and absolutely love them. When you do the facials, you definitely, I didn't realize until now that you have had the Reiki too, and you definitely bring that in. Can you explain just a little more on what Reiki is and what you're experiencing during that time? Yeah, so Reiki is just uh, laying on of hands and moving energy in the body. Um, I was taught it's actually, when I channel the Reiki into your body, I'm actually just reminding your body on how to heal itself. So um, channeling the Reiki into your body, you could feel heat, you could feel um, tingling sensations, the client that I'm working on, and as well as me. Yeah, it's just moving energy around the body. And sometimes there'll be releases with, um, you know, like a twitch somewhere or noises. People can sigh, you know, and it's just releasing different energies and moving them throughout the body. Can you tell the listeners a little more about each of um, the services that you offer? Because I'm in love with what you do. Like Thank in you. love with what you do. Oh, mm-hmm. means so much to me. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, so the Ayurvedic facials, um, I start out with Reiki, um, for the client. I just feel like it really kind of tunes them in, relaxes them. And if there's any kind of spots that need to be worked on, you know, maybe they have a stomach ache or maybe they have a headache or maybe their joints just ache somewhere. I'll just focus on that. It's real short, about 10, 15 minutes, but I just feel like it kind of sets the stage for the rest of the treatment. Because they're there to rejuvenate and relax and their face, their skin, but they should rejuvenate and relax their whole body while they're there. Absolutely. And yeah. I definitely felt that while I was there. I like, I love facials from you. Yeah. Um, can you tell us about the other, those people that don't know about the oil treatment? Can you tell them yeah, about that? And so what, what's the history with that? Because I really, I'm fascinated. I want to come in and do more of them with you. Yeah. Um, but I'm fascinated with that particular treatment. So the Shiradara is part of the Panchakarma series of okay. uh, rejuvenative and cleansing therapies of um, Ayurvedic. And Shiradara is specifically for calming the central nervous system. Um, in Ayurveda, we'd say reducing vata in the body. And it just brings on a meditative state. It hits your pituitary gland and gives you that sense of relaxation and meditation. It can work from things from uh, headaches and migraines up to, I've worked with people with insomnia, um, and it has great results for that, all the way up to people with schizophrenia, or can be used for epilepsy, seizures. They say really um, anything from the clavicle up, it can help with. 
even like sinus problems. So what happens is I make a medicated oil with six Ayurvedic herbs and sesame oil, which is I basically just cook them down together. And um, all the herbs are for Mm -hmm. calming the central nervous system. So then I take that oil. I have a container that I use, and uh, I pour it on your third eye and whole crown chakra. And it's a constant stream pouring for about 45 minutes. It's so wonderful. Yeah. There are some people that fall asleep. There are some people that have visions. um, There are some people that kind of mostly go into that unconscious, conscious state in between. Pretty much everyone is very relaxed afterwards, and uh, I always suggest if you don't have to do much for the rest of the day, then not to. <laughs> I like that part. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> and then also to keep the oil in as long as you can, because yeah. the oil, Ayurveda is all about oiling all parts of your body, but uh, oiling your head, it's um, closing off that just putting a cap on you know the oil yeah, kind is of like what a turban does to the body it holds all of the energy yeah. inside so kind of like um not like really a protective sheath. The crown yeah but protecting yeah. yeah just protecting it and so the longer you keep the oil in the more benefit and it can just soak in and and stay there and I it's really it. easy to wash out you know a couple of shampoos but I love that I'm fascinated by this one in particular because I've I've been with you and I've done a few of your different things and um, that one just seems and I think because it fits me so well nervous system issues you know a history with epilepsy and anxiety and stress and kind of what's led me to my path and then just going in and doing that and not even knowing what it was really going to do on all the different levels yeah. on a spiritual level and it was just amazing it's something I truly want to do once a week and I don't know if that fits your schedule <laughs> but I really do love it so very much I have a couple questions mm-hmm. and this is for my own personal gain and hopefully the listeners will get something from it the combinational herbs that you use um you know I'm sure it's a, a secret combination for you or your special combination yeah but you said that they were mostly um nervine type, type herbs ag- adaptogenic or I mean you didn't use those words but is that yeah they're mostly nervine herbs okay yeah just that they're calming to the central nervous system nervines okay very nice uh-huh. very nice and then what What's the process? You said that you're making them yourself. So what's the process of you making them? Like, is that, is that a lengthy time frame? And um, It takes about a day because um, okay. you're cooking them down with the oil and the water and the herbs. It's just referred to as making a medicated oil, um, which you can do with any herb. So the oil will absorb all the properties from the herb. And then you cook it down until all the water's gone. And then you strain it and you're left with that medicated oil. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that piece of it whenever I was sitting there yeah. having it done. It was a very warming oil that just kind of went over the back of my head, and then you have a little thing that catches it. And yeah, I so I'm constantly catching and then it. pouring it back in. That's well, I make it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, not in that moment. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. And you, you know, I had introduced you as um, growing those local herbs. Do you grow them also, or a lot of them? Um, I don't grow the Ayurvedic herbs. Okay. A lot of them are hard to grow here in this climate. They want really like hot, um, I sunny, dry, um, probably inland. I actually, I'm just trying to grow some ashwagandha right now, but it, nice. I don't know if it made it through the winter. And you have to grow that one like five or six years before you can even harvest the root to use it. Oh, wow. So, um, no, I just get them from an Ayurvedic company that's very trusted and I know the products are of good quality. 
And so the herbs that you do grow, you're using those in? So I have um, a still. Actually, I have two. I just got a oh, wow. new one. It's I'm really excited about it. It's twice the size of my first one. And um, yeah, I distill um, herbs that I grow in my garden. They're all organic and uh, I make hydrosols from them. Okay. Or that is the product I get from doing the distillation process. And when I distill the herbs, I initially got the still thinking, I'm going to make my own essential oils because I loved aromatherapy and working with them. And come to find out, you need a lot of plant material to get yes. essential oil. Yeah. But you can get a lot of hydrosol, which is the aromatic water of the plant. And um, it's different from the essential oil. The essential oil of the plant is like the immunity of the plant. It's very concentrated. And you usually have to dilute it in another oil to put on your body. And uh, you wouldn't really want to ingest it. You know, it's very strong. But the hydrosols of the plant are just the water of the plant. And they still have medicinal values, but they're safe for everyone. They're safe for children, elderly um, you can put them straight on your skin. You can ingest them. A lot of times you can use them to flavor foods. Oh, wow. Yeah, make ice cubes, put them in lemonade, you know, make lavender ice oh, cubes out of oh, the lavender hydrosol, amazing. put it in the lemonade. Um, totally safe to ingest. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So from some of, um, some of our listeners are from outside of the area, even other countries. And I'm wondering, for those... Listeners who don't really know what a hydrosol is, can you explain what your process is exactly? I mean, do you mind sharing that? Yeah, so I go harvest the herbs. Um, I grow like lemon balm, roses, um, helichrysum, white sage, uh, German chamomile, rose geranium, and lavender. Those are the ones that I'm doing right now. And I'll go harvest the herb. I like to try and do it if it's a sunny day, maybe around noon. It's good, um, good time to harvest, but I don't necessarily stick to that. And then I bring them in. My still is the bottom pot is where you put the water. And you can do a steam distillation, which it would just be the water and then the boils. And it goes through the herbs, which are in another container. Um, and the steam goes through it. It carries the steam through a condenser tube, and the condenser tube goes through ice-cold water. And then this, what comes out is the hydrosol and the essential oil, and they're separated. The oil float on top of the um, hydrosol. Um, that's called a steam distillation. A lot of times I'll do a hydro distillation, which is where I put plant material in the water as well as in the container above the water. So the water is boiling with the plant material, and then the steam rises and goes through the other plant material in the container. And then it goes through a condenser tube, and and then out comes the hydrosol. How neat. How neat. So I follow you on social media, and I think I saw a picture of your distiller. Were you proudly taking pictures of it? My still, yeah. Yeah, your still. Yeah, Yeah, so that's so exciting. So if anyone is listening and they want to know what those kind of things look like, maybe they can follow you on social media. We'll give those kind of links on our website. Yeah, um, I use a a copper still. There are stainless steel stills or glass stills, which I had a glass still. start. It was like a little kind of uh, small kitchen size still. glass still that I started out with, but I um, soon found out that I needed a much bigger one because (laughs) I really love doing this and I was going to want to do a lot more. 
And what do you think personally with this much information about them, the difference between the copper, the stainless steel, and the glass? Because I would think the copper, because it has trace minerals, and just like it's a con- copper is a conductor, that would make it a better quality distiller. But, I mean, that's just yeah. my um, instinctual. The copper, I prefer to work with. The glass was too delicate. Okay. The glass was fine, um, but pulling all the tubes out and all the stoppers of the glass jars and having to get the plant material out after it's wet and yeah it was just more fragile right right um and it wasn't I wanted something bigger the copper ones are really durable their conductor um all those things are make it really great I just love the look of it and I've never used a stainless steel so I'm not sure okay and I know that most people who do distilling for hydrosol or essential oils use copper ones. Mm-hmm. So. so these hydrosols, this is your Amarita Botanicals. Yeah. What else is in that product line? So it all started with the oil pulling blend. Um, oh, that was my really? first product. That's the thing that started it all because um, okay. I have early onset periodontal disease. And um, I knew from my studies with Ayurveda that oil pulling was really beneficial for your gums and your teeth. So I just started making it. So that's what really started it. And then I have an aromatic spritzer. It's the Tula blend. It's probably my most popular product of the line. It's a blend of essential oils and distilled water. And it's um, really balancing blend. People love it. I say, you know, use it for meditation instead of maybe incense or just if you need a kind of change of scene, <laughs> you need to change mm-hmm. something up. If you, if you're overwhelmed, it'll it'll bring you know it'll balance you. It'll calm you down. And then I have two different massage oil blends. One's called the Shakti blend, and that's more of like a therapeutic uh, massage oil that we would use. Well, my idea for it was in Ayurveda, you're supposed to do an Abhyanga every day, which is an oiled self massage increasing your lymph and your blood circulation you know you start at your ankles and your feet and you you know just bring the strokes up towards your heart doing circles at your joints and then straightaways everywhere else and um, so the essential oil blend in that massage oil is specifically for a sluggish lymphatic system to kind of increase that really yeah and just um that's general skin care as well and then my other massage oil blend is my aphrodisiac blend, I call it. It's called the Vajikarana blend. And uh, it's got neroli and night-blooming jasmine, and it's just really divine. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah, that's my that fun one. <laughs> People fun. like that one, too. Yeah, yeah I bet. Yeah. I bet. And then I have my hydrosols, which are kind of seasonal. I don't usually sell them on my website or Etsy store just because... I only get a certain amount every year, and I usually just sell them locally when I do markets or fairs, um, or maybe at some of the spots where I sell my products. So where at locally do you sell this particular product line? I mean, we'll get into more um, social media stuff and for the listeners later, but locally? Yeah, so locally I sell my stuff at Beachcomber Bayside. Oh, nice. And Which is a coffee shop in Bayside. I also sell um, my whole line plus hydrosols when I have them at Seapod Boutique in okay. the Creamery District. Oh, yay. Yeah, it's a great little store full of all sorts of artesian products. Actually, I totally know. I'm, I'm 
like racking my brain trying to figure it out. Yeah. I totally know there was an open, it was a, um, Arts Alive. Yeah, it was a huge open markets. house and you were there. Yeah. And yeah, I saw your whole line. That little place is very cool. Yeah, it's, it's very like cool. It's like super hip. Mm-hmm. It's like a warehousey kind of feel. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just really like that spot. Yeah. What's that spot called again? It's called Sea Pod Boutique. Okay, we need to do a little shout out to them eventually because yeah. they are way, way cool. Yes. So wonderful. I'm glad that it's going so well and that you're expanding and doing in places and having all of this. So any other services that um, I didn't mention that you'd like to share with our listeners of things that they can come to you if you're not too yeah. booked out? Um, I do the Ayurvedic facials, the Shiro, Shiradaras, and um, I offer Reiki sessions as well. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. All and then I, I do have a new you. product coming out that I'm super <gasps> excited it? about. Can, I mean, can you share it with us? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's out right now. I just um, got it out this month, but it's called the Soma Facial Serum. I'm really excited about. It's just a facial serum I made, developed, and I've been using for over a year, and I love it. And it absorbs very well into your skin, and it's made with like frankincense and rose auto oh, wow. essential oils and helichrysum and... Um, pomegranate seed oil it's just it's very and what's yummy. the name of that soma serum soma serum wow so doing all of these things plus being a mother of three beautiful wife healer doing all of these things how do you take time to actually take care of yourself I mean you have all these tools to take care of others is there a particular personal habit or daily ritual that you do for yourself yeah um there are a few good daily ritual and ayurvedic medicine i would say diet and daily ritual are like some of the most important things that you can do for yourself and it's taken a long time for me to um, get the scheduling or just the habit of doing all these things but it's so beneficial to me now you know i try and wake up at six every day i do garshana or dry brushing and then some type of abhyanga because i do um grapple with circulation issues so that getting my circulation and my lymph flowing right away in the morning is very beneficial to me so I do the oil pulling um, right away too and then you know make some tea maybe put some ghee in the tea and um, that's what I do in the morning I do a couple little stretches I don't do a whole yoga routine I just don't have time because I have to get lunches and (laughs) breakfast and everything going for the whole household but um, just a few minutes of stretching can do wonders you know if that's all you have Um, I definitely try and meditate every day but mostly I do it in the afternoon or right before bedtime and it kind of helps me wind down and I just don't have the time to do it in the morning unless I got up even earlier and that could happen at some point in my life but it's just hasn't happened yet then at night I try and be in bed by nine o'clock sleep lights out by 10 which is usually not hard to do (laughs) (laughs) not for me either some people do have troubles but yeah we're on the same page on that it doesn't take much for me and and I find that I have trouble sleeping if I stay up past 10 that's Mm -hmm. that's like my cutoff time and if I stay up past 10 then I really have trouble falling asleep I've learned that over the years so it's like in bed by nine and you know lights out by 10 if not earlier Um, I'll read or or do the meditation or something but that has helped me with my daily energy and also I guess another daily routine which is a big one is eating at the same time every day having that kind of in place where you 
you wake up, you know, I eat around seven, I eat around 1130 noon every day. And then dinner's a little bit more, um, fluctual, but I try around six, you know, and that really helps. Wow. Well, you can definitely tell it's all working for you (laughs) because you're so angelic. Everything about you, you just your energy, your skin, your vibrancy, like it's, it's something's working. So (laughs) thank you for sharing your little secret with us. Um, with having such a, you know, in tuned life that you have, because you've, you're not even, you're not only becoming a healer for other people, you're doing it for yourself. I mean, you really sound like you're, um, practicing what you preach. In other words, that's a statement kind of thing. What is your life mantra? My life mantra, uh, I feel like is Om Gam Ganapate Namaha, which is the Ganesha mantra, you know, remover of obstacles. I say it every day. I also, probably the most nourishing to me, my soul and spirit is that I um, sing this Ayurvedic prayer every morning and you know, repeat that mantra and a Lakshmi mantra and think about my intentions for the day and put that actually, that whole intention in prayer and song um, with a rosebud into my water bottle. And then oh. I drink that throughout the whole day. And that's probably the most nourishing thing that I've, that I do every day. And I started that about a year and a half ago. And it's really, it just starts off my day, right? And it keeps me kind of intentional through the whole day. I love that. So you were, there, it sounded like there were two mantras there, the Lakshmi one and then the Ganesha one, right? So can you share with us and, you know listening audience, um, how each one of those sound, because many of us, this is new information for us. Yeah. So, so, um, the Ganesh mantra is very long, but I just do the, the one line a few times every day. And that's just, Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha. So I might do that like three times. Wow. (laughs) And then, um, again, the Lakshmi mantra is very long, but I just, take one line from it and repeat it and that's um om namaho lakshmiye lakshmi is all about abundance and prosperity yeah and in all realms of your life not just um, money but relationships love and um creativity creativity yeah yeah Yeah. wonderful So those are my favorite (laughs) that i I have brought into my life I love that. And you had mentioned you put a rose um, into your water, and I believe mine was pink. It was just perfect. And you added it to my water or to my tea, and then I was able to drink that you know, throughout the session. I thought that was just such a wonderful additive. Yeah. And can you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, obviously it stems from your self-practice. Yeah. 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 So I, before my clients come, I, I do a similar thing where I just I sing the Ayurvedic prayer holding the rosebud before they come and uh, just put that intention into their water so when they drink it they'll it'll go with them thank you so much for doing that because it was really amazing little touch you know that you went that deep into something and you really held space and then it was something of course you we drank that in and we take it with us and so Yeah. yeah so thank you for that I thought that was amazing and it's amazing what that little rosebud you get a little essence of the rose in the water when you drink it, you know, just from one little rosebud. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. 
So no wonder I brought all of the I roses know. here today and made you smell them. That's it was so perfect. Funny. <laughs> well, everyone, we're going to take a short little break and give a shout out to a local aligned business that I love so very much. And I think that you will too. And during our break, we'll probably drink rose water. <laughs> Moonrise Herbs on the Plaza in Arcata was born in 1985, in so serving our community holistic health needs of body, mind, and spirit for over 32 years. We have trained herbalists on staff to help clarify your desires for a healthy life, and we also have an extensive reference library for your use. In addition to over 400 organically grown herbs and teas, high quality essential oils and supplements, we offer beautiful gifts and stones, a variety of books, classes, and more. Our logo depicts the image of a self-heal plant resting on a new moon. We truly believe in self-empowerment and new beginnings. Come on by, cruise through our wall of vibrant herbs, see who calls to you, open the jar, breathe in its essence, research, ask questions, begin anew. Moonrise Herbs on the Plaza in Arcata or moonriseherbs.com. Welcome back, everyone. Wow, what a break that was. If you would have been here. (laughs) So many wonderful things. We had special muffin treats from some pulp uh, left over from our juice class that we had the other day. And then we added rose, live roses to our water. During the break, you guys didn't know this was what I was doing, but I checked it out. And... Okay, so all essential oils, mm-hmm. I'm just going to drop some knowledge out here. <laughs> Please All do. essential oils have a hertz frequency, right? Okay, yeah. And so the lowest hertz frequency being 52 and the highest in the essential oil bracket being th- uh, 320, uh-huh. roses are 320. Oh, how neat. What? That's why we have like a dozen roses here in different smells of varieties <laughs> from the farmer's market. And we have rose water and we have rose spray. I mean, we're just going to town on roses. So we're at a we very are. high frequency right now. We are. I can feel it. Can't you? <laughs> so exciting. So anyways, thank you for being here. Thanks for taking time out today. I mean, you're a very, very busy woman and I appreciate you for being here, you know, for the time allotted that, you know, because it's usually a couple hours that we, yeah, in generally the whole entire production happens, recording and whatnot. So, um... Since you come all this way, yeah, I want you from Bayside to Arcata. <laughs> um, I want to know a little something about you that maybe no one else knows. Oh my gosh! Um, Is there such a thing? Well, I'm not sure, but <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe just something I don't, I don't know. Yeah, something you don't know. Um, I would say that. A lot of times on the full moon, I will be making ghee at my house, <gasps> and then I put the ghee outside to sit underneath the full moon to absorb all that soma energy, that lunar oh, energy, wonderful. and then transfer it into your body. So everyone's coming over to your house for full moon. You're probably <laughs> going to start getting knocks on the door. So for those yeah. listeners that don't know what that is, G-H-E-E, ghee. 
Can you explain a little bit about what that actually is? Yeah, so ghee is just clarified butter. When you cook the the butter at a really low temperature, all the water is evaporated, and then the the milk proteins actually float to the top, and you would skim that off. And then you would pour the melted butter um, after those two things happen um, through cheesecloth into a container. And you don't have to refrigerate it. Um, So then you let it sit out all night. It'll harden. It hardens at room temperature. It's soft, but it's not liquid. It's great for cooking. cooks at high temperature. Wow. And um, it's very nourishing for the body. You use it a lot in Ayurveda, and it's really good for taking herbs where it needs to go into the body. I see. Yeah. Very good. Just you talking about ghee and how to make butter... I was sitting here the whole time thinking, <laughs> cannabis butter, like how I make can, you know, how I make can of butter. Um, It'd so, probably be a great thing to use for it. I just didn't know if yeah. it was complementary to Ayurvedic medicine, or you know, if that's something that because I know I'm trying to think the bang and all of yeah. those, the teas and whatnot. I mean, that was very. They definitely much... have recipes where you can make like a bang yogurt, okay. yogurt drink, or you know, okay. there was there's definitely text written about them right because yeah. the history of cannabis class that i teach for the cannabis program uh-huh. it has when well, I mean, we talked a lot about the history of cannabis and how where it began and how it began in india and like how old of a practice it is and so on and so on and so i thought that would be an interesting question for you yeah. in ayurvedic or how i was taught it's tamasic which is just meaning it's dull um it can be dull on your senses Oh, okay. So that's how I learned about it, and it was just kind of left at that. It wasn't really brought into our medicinal prop, using it medicinally as a practitioner. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, because cannabis is, you know, it achieves homeostasis within the body. Uh-huh. So it kind of balances everything out. Yeah. Um, and then therefore your body can heal itself in, in particular ways. So I would see it being beneficial yeah. to um, Ayurvedic practices, but... Um, We will soon find out as more research is done. (laughs) Yes. So you've kind of given us a little preview into your reality. And I feel like when you were explaining your day, like I was really with you in your beautiful space, like going through your day with you. Um, What are some things that if we were, you know, putting together or suggesting, not necessarily prescribing someone a self-care recipe, say a listener is wanting to become a superhuman, which is is why everyone listens to this podcast, I imagine. (laughs) Um, And they're taking little pieces from here and there from different healers. I mean, that's the joy of this. What type of, you know, concoction or mixology would you suggest as someone, you know, a human's definite? So I would say the the dry brushing, the garshana and the abhyanga, because what that does, the dry brushing gets all your circulation and fluids flowing in your body. And then you do the abhyanga, which is the self-oil massage. And it's actually creating like a protective sheath over your body with the oil. So you would oil yourself up, even your head, a little bit on your head. And then I tell people to jump in the, not jump, but get in the shower (laughs) and let the steam and the water kind of fuse the oil in. So it does create this um, protective sheath around you to be able to go out into the day and um, feel grounded and protected from all the outside elements. So I feel like that is one of the most important things. Oh, I love that. To do. I love um, even more luxurious, if you can and you have the time, do the abhyanga and get into a warm bath and stay in there until you break a sweat. You know the, the oil has really like infused into your body and then you can get out and pat yourself down and you just your skin feels great and 
you do feel a little protected. I'm going to definitely subscribe to your way of thinking right now. (laughs) (laughs) The reason is being in the last year and a half, which, I mean, you've known me for a minute, so Uh um, I have been doing the the kundalini teacher training yeah and so in the last i don't know maybe year and a half or specifically the last year during that training we've been asked to do the yogic diet which is a lot of ayurvedic medicine Uh as well as doing the dry brushing but here's the kicker cold showers yeah so i'm gonna jump right over into your reality and start doing warm showers because that's what i really wanted to do yeah was warm showers and sauna and like just soaking it in and that's what i'm accustomed to that's what i really like doing yeah um, but the cold showers man oh i could i don't know if i could man. do that or you know what you could always do the abiyanga warm shower and then right at the end turn on cold for a second <laughs> Well, it's supposed to, well, I don't know if it's supposed to shock the nervous system, but it's supposed to help the body um, in its own way. Benefits of a cold shower, they increase the alertness, um, it improves immunity and circulation, and also helps ease stress and relieves depression. For me, it increases a little stress. Yeah. I mean, just thinking of doing it. So I really want to subscribe to your thought pattern. So thank you for introducing that. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. So I'm very excited. You know, you have, we just tapped into some of your knowledge, just a teeny tiny bit. And I'm excited because you are going to be teaching one of the classes for the Holistic Health Practitioner Program this year. And um, tell me a little bit about what you're going to be doing, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. I'm going to go over briefly the Ayurvedic doshas, which are the body constitutions um, in this theory of medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, and then go into the diet because diet is probably the number one thing. Ayurvedic medicine is a holistic medicine and, you know, deals with diet, herbs, daily routine, yoga, exercise, meditation, uh, aromas, aromatherapy. But I would say that diet is probably the number one thing because if your digestion's off, then um, that's where the disease is going to grow stem from. Absolutely. So you need to have your digestion good and working properly. So we're going to go over some foods and food combining and, um, what's best at certain times of year and what's best for certain doshas. I'm so excited. I'm going to learn so much from you just, <laughs> just being, you know, there and present. So, um, can you tell our listeners what dosha is and, and maybe break it down just a tad for them yeah. I mean, if you want to. So the dosha is the, like I said, the body constitution and it's th- there's three doshas. It's vata, pitta, and kapha. And everyone's made up of all three of them. You, know, you have all three of them in your body, but people are primarily two. So uh, you're, you have a birth constitution, what you're born with. So let's say I was born a pitta vata. And then, but throughout life, things happen. Your, body's, your body goes out of balance. Um, and then you have a current state of imbalance, which is called your, your vikruti. So you start out one way, but throughout life, things happen and um, your doshas become out of balance. So then you work with diet, you work with herbs, maybe daily routines to put those doshas back in balance so your body's working at its maximum potential. Wow. Okay, so can you pretty much like pick someone and, and tell what their dosha is? Um, I can or do they usually need to go look at it? people and kind of get a sense of what, what they are. What do you think are. about me? What do you think about me? You're, you're vata pitta. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that one, but I knew that too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just from... Um, 
the look, you know, and then when you start talking to people, you can, you can figure it out more, but vatas are either tall or really tall or really short. They have cold hands, cold feet. They're very excitable people. They have curly hair. They have small features that petite. Pittas are more medium built people, um, average size. They're muscular. They have more of a sharp personality, sharp qualities. Uh, they're leaders. They're very focused. They make lists. They write, they plan everything out. That's, I That's have a you. lot of pitta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then kapha is more of, um, they have a thicker body. They are cold. Pittas are hot. They like spicy food. Kaffas are more cool, moist. They have a lot more body fluids or like, you know, more limb fluids. Um, they are content people, but they are like the ones you kind of aspire to be because they're the one like slow and steady wins the race. That's a kapha. They're slow and steady. So um, they might have to read something a few times to really soak it in and keep it but they'll keep it for life where vatas could read something once and then forget it and not even know what they were reading right, you know right. pittas are ultra focused they'll probably read it and, and know what it is you know so for each one of those doshas um there's a combination of the two right yeah so you have three doshas and one person can be a combination of two yeah and then for each one there's a different type i mean there's a one diet, the Ayurvedic diet, but then is it modified for each dosha? It's kind of modified because uh, vatas are more prone to constipation. They're dry. They're you know they're more dry and they have more indigestion. Um, they usually their agni, their digestive fire is um, a little weak or compromised. Just a little yeah, a little weak. Pittas on the other hand have a super high agni. You know, they might deal with like indigestion and more like loose stools and just being able to eat hot, spicy foods. You know, vatas will forget to eat. They'll just won't even eat, you know, and that's part of the problem where they're not eating on a regular schedule. Schedule's really good for vata. They, they need that. Um, pittas, you know, they get super hungry. They get the, like the hangry, you know. <laughs> yes, I know those. Yeah, I get that. And then kapas, you know, they they could go like half a day without eating or, you know, they have a slower digestion too. Um, they are more prone to like kind of overeating. Um, and who are the hangry people? Uh, I would say the pitta. Okay. People. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I know hangries. They should have their own. For- yeah. I yeah. know those people. <laughs> and vatas could eat whatever and never really gain weight. You know, kaffas could barely eat and still gain weight. Um, pittas are just like, you know, the they're like very muscular. The people that like don't ever really work out, but they have like chiseled muscles and somehow, you know, they're just, and they have a really high agony so they can eat a lot and it just burns off, you know. So interesting. And, yeah. and you can find out so much about a person's body, what kind of foods that they need, their personality. I mean, it's just incredible. Yeah. And then the herbs, you know, to actually enhance you know, their qualities, or in some cases, if they're too, you know, if they're too burning too hot or too angry, then to cool that. Yeah. I mean, I just love everything about the Ayurvedic um, nutrition. It's, it's, that's really what it is. It's that nutritional protocol. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're going to be sharing more of that with us. They use lots of spices, you know, spices are a big thing in Indian food. If you've ever eaten Indian food, it's so aromatic and full of flavor because they put lots of spice, digestive spices 
for that purpose. You know, the vatas need like warming spices, hot spices. The pittas need like the cool spices, you know, and, and kapha needs a little bit more heat too. So what are some of the cooling spices? Let's go over those. Well, I, ju- I just tell people CCF, if you can remember cumin, coriander, fennel. Oh, That is okay. a great mixture to put in to cook with. And you'd put your ghee in the pan, you'd heat it up, and then you'd grind in your mortar and pestle. You know, you grind some of the cumin, coriander, fennel, and then throw that in the ghee and let it kind of sizzle, and and then put in your vegetables or whatever you're going to cook with that. Okay, I'm modifying this for me. So I'm pitta vata, yeah. and you think the coriander... Cumin, coriander, cumin, fennel, fennel is good for anybody. That's oh, that's like good the, for anyone. Across the board, it's like, like a tri-doshic van. Yeah. Pretty much in everything. Yeah. Okay, so what about the heating ones, though? When What are the heating herbs, then, you would say? Like ginger. Okay. Pepper. Turmeric fit in there where? Turmeric is anti-inflammatory properties. I feel like it's going to be a little cooling, but um, I'm not... It's just good for head. everything, good right? Good for everything. Yeah, yeah. turmeric's very, like, great for everything. Put turmeric in everything. Cloves can be warming. Um, so the cinnamon. Cl- so the clove or the heating ones would be what again? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, heating. The, the heating ginger, pepper, black pepper, um, or pipoli is what they have in Ayurveda. Nice. Oh, the cinnamon or clove? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There is one particular spice. It's like masala or something, and it has multiple different spices in it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, well, is it? It's a churna. So in Ayurveda, they're, they're called churnas, which are oh. spice mixes, and there's tons oh. of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just just now getting into all of this, so it's yeah. you know it's very exciting to me to to really focus on the different spices and consuming them for your particular diet. I mean, it's so detailed and dialed in, and whenever you start really learning about your body and taking care of your body and taking the time to figure out what your body works with, yeah. It's it's, I don't know, for me, it's an honor and a privilege to be able to have the time and the luxury to do that, Yes, you know, and really tune in in that way. So I appreciate you going through all of these things because I'm sure our listening audience is, you know, expanding their knowledge on this as, as I am. So I appreciate that. So it is about that time in our show. <laughs> I have loved being with you and luckily I get to be with you a little bit longer this week um, and learn a little bit more and go a little bit deeper into all of this so before we go I would like to have you play a little bit of a game with me these are the wisdom for healing cards okay and they're quite fun to look at they're quite bright and beautiful and what we usually do is ask the guests to you know find one that resonates with them just energetically and then we'll have you read it to the listeners how fun yeah it's very fun (laughs) it's very exciting we'll have you read it to the listeners and then we'll talk about how it resonates with you so you can do it in any way that you want you can hand scan them or you can just visually look at them whichever one you want you can do that Great. and while mm-hmm. you're doing that I'm going to play the singing bowl nice. but I don't really play it I just bang <laughs> on it because um, I my... love the singing bowls <laughs> well if I had one of that crystal bowls yeah uh, that's my that's my jam so maybe yeah. that I'll manifest that and or a gong yes you see how I said and or <laughs> right okay That's a pretty good one. Okay. <laughs> when you find one, you just let me know because I'll hit it again. Okay. Oh, okay. I mean, I just picked one out. So. Let's see if it... 
All right. It's called Act Rather Than Wait. And it says, today's lesson, think about something that you've been waiting for. Are you waiting for someone to come into your life? For the perfect job or salary? For all your prayers to be answered without having to do anything to help them along? What does waiting do to your stress level? Your goal, to recognize that waiting, rather than taking action, is stressful and unproductive. How do you feel that resonates with us today in your message? Well... It's a beautiful picture, the, the front of it, the guy's Yeah, he's like leaping bound. into his world, you know. I would say personally, I think I've been waiting for all of these pieces in my life to come together and um, to be able to work with all the people I work with and my practice and in the community. So I feel like you can't wait forever. You just have to jump into action and... And this was something that was scary to come do today, but instead of putting it off or not doing it, I just said yes and um, hope to do more things that uh, challenge and push me because it's only going to have me grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think that's perfect. That fits perfect. And everything that you're doing really has come together. I mean, you had one creative drive, it sounds like, and all of these pieces just kept you kept adding them to your toolbox and yeah and there's thank you for doing that and sharing that with our community because you're invaluable for certain all of your information thank Um, you yeah (laughs) how can our listeners connect with you if they're wanting to reach out to either make an appointment or to find out about your product line what are some of your social media avenues for that yeah so on facebook i have a page called madre illumination healing and then on Instagram, I have my Amrita Botanicals page that I uh, post a lot of pictures of my distilling or my products being out at fairs and markets in the local area. And I have a website, which is www.madreillumination.com. And you can see about my products and the services I offer and a little bit about me. And it has all of my information, my phone number, and my email that you can get in contact with me. Yay. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for making time to come on the show today and help us get one step closer to our divine aligned self, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. I really appreciate you. And thank you to the listening audience so much for tuning in. Until next time. I'm Dr. Pepper Hernandez, and I would love for you to have a magical, wonderful day. Let's try to make this your very best week ever. This episode has been brought to you by Miniature Ponies.